Well, if you have a Bible, am I on? Okay, just doesn't feel very loud. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open to Genesis chapter 1. I figured since we ended last year pretty much with Revelation, we would just go back to the beginning uh, and just start from page 1 and then just work our way through the entire Bible, right? Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, verse by verse, the entire Bible. Yeah, we'll get there eventually, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, But yeah, go ahead and open to Genesis chapter 1. That's where we will be this morning, whether you have your own Bible or you want to grab a pew Bible, or maybe you're technologically savvy and you want to open the Bible app on your phone. Any of them will do. But before we read our passage this morning, you know, there's one thing that I think holds me together most days. Not just most days, every day. You see, I'm pretty sure that I am undiagnosed ADHD and that there is any, if anything happens that distracts me, I will immediately go to that distraction and I won't get anything that I was working on done. This pretty much happens pretty much every day. But there's this thing that that makes it much easier. It's having a routine, having established routine in my life helps me get through the day-to-day, helps me get through every week, helps me get through a month, helps me get through the year, is having some sort of set routine. But I imagine that even though I have to do it because I have, you know, a little bit of a problem with distractions, that all of us in some way has a routine in our life. Because imagine for one moment that you win an entire year where every day didn't look like the previous. Imagine that you didn't schedule anything out. Imagine that you put nothing on a calendar and that you just picked up the next thing as it came to you. Imagine that nothing was routine. Imagine that nothing was scheduled. How do you think your life would feel? A little bit chaotic, right? That it would just be living for the next thing, but everything else never, ever got finished. Nothing would ever get done. I'm just thinking about it right now, and it's giving me a little bit of anxiety, thinking that there is a possibility that I don't live a routine, ordered life, and everything gets thrown out of whack. Nothing gets done, and everything in my life falls apart. And I really do believe that all of us, whether we see it or not, live to some sort of routine. Whether we write it down or we just live it out. I mean, you all probably have morning routines. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that you do? Maybe for some of you, the first thing you do is go brush your teeth. Maybe for others, it's go make a cup of coffee. That's what I do. Maybe it's to immediately sit down and open the Bible. But all of us live with some sort of routine in our life, some sort of schedule. We, we prioritize things because without them, we would be in chaos. Everything is ordered. But it's not just that you live your life in an orderly way. It's that biologically, you are ordered for routine. Or a better word for that might be a rhythm. 
There is a biological rhythm that you have. Actually, there are several. I think of a sinus rhythm, which is when your heart is beating appropriately. You're not beating too fast. You're not beating too slow. It's in sinus rhythm. Or theta rhythms, which is the way that your neurons work in your brain so that you can properly think. So you can maintain normal brain function. Or circadian rhythms, these 24-hour rhythms that your body has every single day to keep your entire bodily system running effectively. It's not just that we have built-in rhythms in life. It's that we were literally biologically created, and I do say created intentionally, by God with rhythms. He designed us with rhythm in mind. And so we're going to talk about rhythms in life for the next couple of weeks But today I want to establish how God designed rhythm for us. Specifically, a design for spiritual rhythms in our life. But I think that's one of the things that often gets left out. We order our lives so well to such routine so that there's not chaos in the day-to-day Even our bodies are laid out with a biological rhythm. But we often fail to establish spiritual rhythms. We fail to establish the things that are helpful to connect to God. Ruth Haley Barton says this. She says, the phrase spiritual rhythms is another helpful way of talking about this important concept because it provides relief from some of the heavy-handed and rigid approaches to the spiritual life that many of us have experienced. This language draws on the imagery of natural rhythms of the created order, the ebb and flow of the ocean waves and tides, which come and go steadily but are full of infinite variety and creativity. The predictability of the changing seasons, but also the beauty and variance that captures us anew each and every time. The rhythm of a good beat, which makes music and dancing one one of the most delightful, spontaneous experiences that we enjoy. Yet mastery of the basic notes and moves is required to enter into it fully. The disciplines themselves are basic components of the rhythm of intimacy with God that feed and nourish the soul, keeping us open and available for God's surprising initiatives in our lives. After we learn the disciplines, there is an infinite creativity for putting them together in a rhythm that works for us in great freedom for adding other disciplines and creative elements. Spiritual rhythm 
is just one more thing that we were made for. That we were specifically designed for that particular rhythm in our life in a way to connect and meet and experience God. So let's open our scriptures this morning to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verses 26 through 28, and then 31 through chapter 2, verse 3. And then we're going to turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. And so hear these words in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, so that they will have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. And then jump to verse 31. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their hosts. And on the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work, which God had created in making it. And then let's turn to Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8. This is a part of the Ten Commandments. Verse 8 Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six Days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahweh your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave or your cattle or your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth for the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, as we hear your word this morning, may it quicken our hearts, may we become alive by its contents. And Lord, may we be stirred in our innermost being to desire you more and more, and may we Hear what it's like to live in rhythm with your heartbeat. God, that we would long for you and that we would establish a life of rhythm around you. 
God, make much of yourself this morning through these words. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. As we start to unpack these verses, one of the first things I want to point out is the rhythm of creation. And we only read the sixth day and the seventh day where God created man and then rested. But at the end of each day in creation, there is the same phrase used in every single day. There was evening and there was morning. There is already a rhythm established in God's creation from the moment that he started creating it. That there would be evening and morning every single day. A rhythm is already being established. A rhythm that we should pay attention to. And then God says, on this sixth day, we're going to create man in our image, in our likeness. They're going to have the same qualities and characteristics that we will have. Speaking of himself and the Word and the Holy Spirit. And then he made man and he made Woman, and when he had finished, he blessed them, and he saw all that he had made, and it was very good. But being made in his image and in his likeness means that in the rhythm of his creative order, when he rested on the seventh day, that likeness was also instilled in us. Because though God's first day in creation was to create something out of nothing, man's first day in creation was to rest. Before they ever began the work, before they ever tilled the garden, they rested. They rested. A rhythm of life established from the very beginning with Adam and Eve was a spiritual rhythm of rest. Now, the scriptures don't tell us this, and I'm, you know, maybe going off base a little bit, but when we get to the part where God comes to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, my guess is that was probably on a seventh day. On a day of rest. To be with God. A Sabbath in their life that they might experience Him and know Him and be with Him and only Him. And not to work the garden, not to do anything else, but, but to be present with their Creator. And so when God showed up, and he couldn't find Adam and Eve. There was a sadness 
because they couldn't be found to experience Sabbath with him. Maybe. I'm just going to say maybe. But there is an idea that this was something regular that happened, that God came and met with Adam and Eve to be with them, to know them, for them to know him. Rhythms, spiritual rhythms were ingrained from the very beginning of creation. You and I were designed for rhythms in our life. Not just the ones that help us get through the work week. Not just the ones that were biologically wired within us. But from the very beginning of creation, spiritual rhythm was supposed to be a part of our language with God. And the first one he established was a Sabbath. And so I want to talk about Sabbath just a little bit because I think it helps us move forward in all of the other spiritual disciplines that we will talk about creating rhythm in our lives for as we go through this series. But there's something that kind of stuck with me when I read this uh, because it was kind of a harsh reality, I think. Wayne Mueller says in his book, Sabbath, if we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Our pneumonia, our cancer, our heart attack, our accidents create Sabbath for us. Illness ends up forcing you into Sabbath rest. And there are some that they see illness and they keep going. They keep doing. They don't take a rest when God might be forcing it upon you. We have to establish a rhythm of rest in our lives. Why? Because God designed it so. So much so that he made it one of the Ten Commandments. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh you shall rest. You shall keep it holy. You shouldn't do anything. In fact, one of the things that Jesus was questioned the most about was Sabbath. And why his disciples did things on the Sabbath when they were supposed to do nothing which I find it very interesting that the Pharisees were questioning him about Sabbath because they were doing something on Sabbath to catch them doing things on Sabbath. So they, in fact, weren't keeping it themselves, but they wanted to be legalistic about lording it about ev over everyone else. But here's what Jesus said when he was being questioned about Sabbath. This is in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. And he was saying to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God gave Sabbath to us. 
intentionally. God created something for us, a rhythm in our life that we are to observe for us. We weren't created to observe Sabbath. Sabbath was created for us. An establish, established rhythm in our lives that we might come to know and visit and be with our Creator God. I love what Mark Buchanan says. He says that Sabbath, when I say Sabbath, I also mean an attitude. It is a perspective, an orientation. I mean a Sabbath heart, not just a Sabbath day. A Sabbath heart is restful even in the midst of unrest and upheaval. It is attentive to the presence of God and others, even in the welter of much coming and going, rising and falling. It is, it's, it is still and knows God even when mountains fall into the sea. So this practice of, of Sabbath isn't just a day that you should be intentionally keeping in your life. It's an attitude of your life. To be living in a state of restfulness toward God. Being able to establish this rhythm of God in your life. Knowing that he is always near. He's always in desire to be in contact with you. He longs to be experienced by you. Sabbath is more than just a day. Though a day it is and a day we should keep. But I think that's hard for a lot of us. It's hard for me. But we need a 24-hour period where we rest from work. Just a fun, interesting statistic, and I think I've actually shared this before. There's one group of people in the, in the United States that live on average 10 years longer than every other American. And that is the Seventh-day Adventists. The Seventh-day Adventists live on average 10 years longer than every other American. What's interesting is, Seventh-day Adventists are very strict at keeping Sabbath. That's why they're called Seventh-day. But what's even more fascinating is that when you add up one day from every week for every year that they live longer, or for the average that every American, the average age of every American before they die, it adds up to almost exactly 10 years. Because they take an extra day to give rest to God, they're blessed with 10 extra years of life. Is that not? I mean, that should hit you. That should say something to you. God's like, well, because you have given me one of your days every week, I'm going to give every single day back to you. And just add it to the, to the end of your life. Ten more years. Come on. That should say something to us. That should speak to our heart. And I'm not just saying that because we might want to live longer. I'm saying that because there's a richness in the fact that they don't just get ten more years to their life. 
is they get 10 times 52 more Sabbaths with God. They live what the Word says they're supposed to live in Sabbath. What I love about the book, Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton, is that she ends up writing this entire book because she knows that her life is supposed to live for more, that there is something more to not just her life, but to church than simply showing up and doing things over and over and over again. It's not just about the rhythm of doing. I don't want to be really clear about that. Because this is what I've come to realize about Sabbath. Sabbath, above all else, reminds us that we are not what we produce. Because when we have to take a day off from doing things, being productive, it puts everything on God. It says, Lord, I'm not going to do this thing. So you have to be the one that somehow makes things get done. Sabbath reminds us that we are not what we produce. We were not created to be human doings, but human beings. The essence of our life is relationship with one another, but most importantly, relationship with God. Sabbath reminds us that we are not what we produce. Sabbath reminds us we are who we choose to be with. Sabbath brings delight in our relationships more because they matter more. And then we see Jesus more with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors, when we Sabbath well. You and I were created, designed intentionally by God for rhythms. Rhythms from work. Rhythms in biology. Rhythms in rest. Rhythms in the spirit. Rhythms to know God. As we walk through this series, let us establish rhythms in our life that allow us to experience God more. Experience God deeper. Experience a connection with God that maybe our heart has always longed for, but we didn't know exactly how to reach it. And I encourage you, too, to come to our discipleship on Sunday mornings because you're going to learn even more than what I can even speak about on a Sunday morning from the pulpit, how to dive deep into building those rhythms into your life. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the different disciplines of rhythm. And then the last week, we're going to talk about what it looks like to build in a rule of life. What it looks like to establish those rhythms in our life 
so that we do not let them get too far away from us. Because if I know one thing to be true about myself within this last year is that when I have rhythms, spiritual rhythms in my life, I'm less anxious, I find more peace, I'm more comfortable, I have more joy. But when I let the spiritual rhythms of my life get too far away, anxiety starts to set in, I worry a lot more, I start trying to do and produce rather than just be with God. So let's choose to be with God in this new year. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you so much for this rhythm that you have designed us to live into. Starting with a rhythm of rest, a rhythm of Sabbath in our lives. Lord, would you make it abundantly clear and apparent how you want to do that creative work within us, within our hearts, to seek you and to find you and to know you. Because you said, if we seek, we shall find. You are there. Be the rhythm of our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.